Welcome, agents, to Strain 82-RRR of the Zero Point Report, the number one broadcast all about the news surrounding the secret the world ip today is thursday august 17th 2023 and i am ocho one of the hosts for this evening with me tonight we have jimmy the rabbit jimmy. Hey. you there there you are and we have two-ton waffle who what where where you're you're here sir you're here if you don't oh. know where you are maybe i should call like help Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, hello. But we have a big show for for you tonight. Uh, we have three special guests uh, from Star Anvil Studios uh, who are about to be giving all of uh, the backers for the Kickstarter for the fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons based Seeker World tabletop RPG core raw core war rulebook I, I, words. Um, <laughs> we have Brandon. Hello. Hey. How are you? Are we having like audio issues or something? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm having a long delay. Uh, and we have. Oh, okay. Um. Well, we'll try. We'll try dealing with that. We have Daryl Hardy. Good evening. Good evening. Hope you're doing well. And we have, of course, I don't know. I forget. I, I don't know how many times you've been on the show so far. More have Joshua Deach, Scrivenomancer, looking extremely dapper tonight. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. I'm usually someone who extols the virtues of fall, autumn, Halloween, all that stuff. But since it's the end of summer, I thought I thought mm -hmm. I'd dress for summer. I'm uh, I'm here to put summer into hospice and get ready for fall. There you go. I'd say uh, the leaves outside are already starting to turn. I've already noticed that uh, here on our end, where I'm from. So it's on its way. It's on its way coming soon. But uh, but no, I'm really I'm really digging. I'm really digging that uh, that Hawaiian Hawaiian sculpture you got going on. I love it. Mm -hmm. You can. It's you, beautiful. You can do bright and shiny and still and still get your gothiness in there. Say people are reporting uh a little bit of lag the trick is and i'm going to post this sometimes sometimes with um with waffle streams make sure it's at your you're streaming it through source yeah because twitch for some reason doesn't like me so make sure you're streaming waffles uh streams at source resolution and uh, that I found uh, helps resolve some of that issues. Yeah, Twi Twi Twitch really doesn't like Waffle. No. Well, I have no idea how to stream it at source resolution. Oh, uh... Yeah, my technical skills. I'll show you here on the screen uh, it's here. Like a, the settings gear? Yeah, you're on the very bottom right of the video player, there's like a little cogwheel. Click on that, go to quality, and then go 1080 source. It doesn't show up till you mouse over the actual video area. Yeah, it's if you mouse over the video area, there's a a little settings button should pop up down along the bottom right hand corner. 
click that and yeah, it'll bring up the, uh, a menu. I don't have that because I'm just doing the thing we're streaming. I'm not actually watching the video live from oh. Twitch. Oh, okay. No, that that's different. Yeah, yeah don't worry about that. Okay. <laughs> we, mean, we mean through the actual Twitch app itself. And for everybody else, oh, also yeah. you can go to advanced and click off low latency. That sometimes works too. You know, we got to give it, it's a small mom and pop company at Twitch. You know, there's not that many, that much in the budget. So. Right. <laughs> They're tiny. <laughs> got it. Tiny company. Making, making sure we get all the, uh, all the things streamed out or all the things ironed out so we can actually, so people can actually watch us um, as well as they can. Say, so, uh, Morgani says knocking it down to 480 worked too. Okay. All right. So that happens. Uh, but yes, thank you to everyone joining us in chat tonight. Uh, we are here to interview um, these fine individuals because they are releasing something very special this weekend. Brandon, why don't you go ahead and tell us what exactly are you going to be releasing? Uh, a large document. <laughs> I think it's... Uh, that is an understatement. 100, 197,000 <laughs> words, 472 pages rules inclusive raw text and raw text means you get a bunch of words and numbers uh, layout is to come later but this is just so the backers can start to get a little bit of a, a view of what's coming and they can kind of start to plan their games or uh, let us know what they think uh, i would like to point out something right now before we go too far hold your mm -hmm. commentary until we do the layout as far as like giving us fixes and things like if put it all in one document or something we'll ask we're going to set up a place to set all the feedback in one place at some point so okay kind of process okay. it all at once but, so if you have any notes or something write them down save uh, it write them down and save it save it in a document and because uh you're more than willing to hear any right uh, any feedback of course well the thing is if you put it all if you take a lot of people are going to read the first thing and then send something, read something, send something. That's going to be a nightmare to try and go through versus <laughs> someone says, here's a page of what I found. Yes. Great. You know, <laughs> we don't want 5,000 emails to take that. will just slow us down and people will be longer until they get their stuff, you know? So. Right. Consolidate your notes. Yes, please. Before sending them. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, so yes, we were given, uh, advanced copies. Uh, Inma says, are these devs from Secret World? No, no, they are not. These, well, uh, these guys are from Star Anvil Studios, and of course, former. Um, for, former. Okay, we got one former. <laughs> one like, former dev. What, you get it? you get to do him dirty like that? He's been demoted I, to Star Anvil Studios. I used to be <laughs> Joshua Allen Deach. The, the star. <laughs> Scrivnomancer. Um nothing nothing related to secret come on now. Come on. <laughs> Honestly don't know if Inmental is trolling or is not aware. So I, I played it a we're, few times. We're sort of related to you know, it. only the person that, that you know gave us the buzzing. You know, it's not not a big deal. Well, I mean, it is, a, it is a good question to ask. They may they they may possibly be trolling, but it's a good question to ask. Uh, first and foremost, what is your overall experience with Secret World, uh, the Secret World, and Secret World Legends? What is your what is your overall experience with the games that have been released? And uh, if we want, we'll start with 
whoever wants to talk first. How about you? Uh, Brandon, I, you got us um, into this. I, uh, I was a, that's true. I was a, or Josh. Uh, I was a dev for, for many years on, uh, on secret world. I'm not one of the original creators though. Pre pre-production. I, I did, I did create the buzzing. That was my, that was my pre-production contribution to or pre-launch contribution to the game. I mean, um, uh, I originally worked on age of Conan and then, uh, eventually started over as, as lead writer of secret world for, for several years. And, uh, now I'm helping out to work on this tabletop game because tabletop games are, I'm a true love. One of your, yeah, one of your passions. Yes. What other uh, tabletop games uh, have you worked on just for? Um, I've worked on uh, Vampire the Masquerade uh, in various editions. Um, that's the one that hits my, my inner fandom because uh, all the way back as a, as a, as a, as a teenager, uh, vampire LARPing and tabletop playing. Uh, it was fun to play on that. Uh, I've also worked on um, uh, Vampire the Requiem. I've worked on Pugmire, which is a delightful game by Onyx Path, where you play, it's basically D&D, but you're dogs and cat people. Dogs, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what else? I've worked on, i got to look at my shelf here. Uh, I, I've worked on Scarred Lands, also by Onyx Path. It's a setting within, uh, using the D&D rules. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a sort of um, Greek mythology meets uh, heavy metal kind of a setting. Um, I've also worked on, they came from beyond the grave, which, uh, is one of my favorite ones that I worked on. That is uh, a horror comedy game where you basically in, uh, really campy B horror movies from like the sixties and seventies, uh, like hammer horror, that kind of stuff. Nice. Nice. So, so yeah, quite the little pedigree there when it comes to tabletop and, um, yes, a previous dev for secret world, <laughs> But Daryl, how about how about yourself? Um, yeah. So I I have not actually worked on the video game. Uh, sorry. No, no, but, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, My questions were uh, no, even but... related to we we know you two are not devs, but what uh, sure. just what experience do you have with the games themselves? Um, more like not a whole lot. I'll, I'll be honest. Um, I okay. I was very excited about it, you know, when it came out, because um, because it was something that nobody had done before, you know, with the with the real world ramification or not ramifications, the real world investigations, like your stuff, like there are no quests, you know, you can't just follow the breadcrumbs. You're going to have to go out and research this stuff yourself, and I thought that was, uh, you know, very innovative, and I was very excited to see what what they did with it. Um, okay. Time, time passed, uh, and then uh, Brandon's like, "Hey, remember Secret World? Want to work on the RPG?" Like, yes, yes, I pull me, <laughs> pull me. Fair, fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Brandon, how about yourself? So I played early on quite a bit, um, but then just kind of fell out of uh, love with the interface. It's just not my thing. Um, and then I had, you know, so I, I played the game, got a, I played a Templar, played quite a bit at first. And then um, I love the atmosphere and I love, love the idea of the game, but just there were other games that caught my eye at the time, but I always loved it the way it looked and felt that my wife just kept playing. And I said, well, what'd be really cool is I guess something my wife and I could work on together. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I sent an email. That's that's about where this got. And and in all fairness, just to point out for uh, uh, Daryl there, while he may not have played the game a lot, he just mm-hmm. devoured every bit of lore he could find before he wrote anything and ran everything pretty much by Josh to make sure, does this idea make sense? This is what I've read. Is this correct? So, I mean, uh, plus he had, you know, yeah, my wife read over. And, well, I remember this from the game. Why are you doing that? You know? I was going to say, it's, uh, I, it's, I think it's actually a good thing on projects like this to bring in people who uh, haven't been looking at it for years and years because uh, uh, they'll have new ideas. They'll notice things you didn't – I wouldn't notice because I've just looked at it for so long. Um, but it's, it's always good to right, get, right. get fresh minds on the project. And I was able to appreciate the sheer density of the work that you had done or you know, you, you and the rest of the – the game team i'm like yeah okay i'll I'll be just read this uh document and the other wiki and okay i'm just gonna clear my schedule because uh this stuff goes (laughs) (laughs) i i totally empathize most of my career has been honestly answering in interviews like oh no i don't know that very deeply and then just deep diving into some huge some huge yeah okay okay i mean because one of the reasons why we uh, players generally love this game as much as we do is because of that deep lore. So, um, like this is not this is not as much a, a, yeah. a surface level game as it is much a everything is connected, everything goes deep. And uh, you mentioned those the investigation missions. That's pre- personally is what really drew me in as well in the first place. Was these investigation missions are so like they are some of the trickiest puzzles out of. Uh, out of almost any video game I've played that they are some of the, the trickiest puzzles that take you to like, like here I am in like, you know, playing this video game, but on, on my, in my web or, you know, on a, uh, in my browser, I'm going ahead searching for like, you know, the, the Vulgate Bible and finding very specific passages and using and comparing that to this. It's like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> like what, like what other game does that? Uh, so that really drew me in as well. Cause I love a, a really, really good puzzle at times um so good so great so i said you gave us the uh you gave it you gave it to us you gave us the the core the core book there and uh we're just gonna say there's no uh real decent way to navigate it as much um it is just a straight pdf straight text uh Mm -hmm. It is like differentiated into sections, but it is like four to uh, four hundred and seventy-two pages. Two, so it is a lot. It is dense. Uh, I've had a crazy week, so I tried to get through as much as I can. Um, but there, it is a lot to go through. So, um, let's just start out by saying, uh, just by reading the the latest announcement that was made for the game uh, through the monthly Kickstarter uh, posted by Ross Watson, who was here last time, but not today. He said, greetings backers. Keep an eye on your email this week. Star Emblem Studios is pushing out a test PDF to you so we can make sure our delivery system works for providing you with the Kickstarter materials. Note, this is only a test. So by now, do you think everyone has received that? That, uh, that was all sent out? Yeah. If somebody hasn't received it now, then there's probably an issue that they won't receive it when we push it out. And that's not what we want, of course, but we can fix it. They can contact us and say, I'm back or so-and-so. You know, you can send an email to Star Amble Studios, you know, 
at gmail.com and say, we didn't get my, our PDF. Here's my backer name. I can look it up and I'll still be able to get it to them. But, um, you know, so yeah, everybody. So yeah. So every, everyone should have received people. it by now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So everyone should have received it. If you have not received it yet, yeah. Contact, contact you through Kickstarter and, uh, see if you can see if you can correct that because the raw PDF is on the way. We plan on giving you guys the raw PDF of the Secret World RPG 5e core rulebook next weekend, which is this upcoming weekend, uh, using the same system. Keep your fingers crossed, and if everything works the way it should, we'll be sending you the raw rulebook so you can get your games going as early as seven days from now. Uh, what, two days from now? Yep. Pretty much. They should make sure they have a drive through RPG account. That'll be helpful because that's how it's going to be delivered that was you know that's what they'll need to have working so yes you'll you'll receive a link in your email the link will go to drive through rpg you can set up an account through drive through rpg um that was easy to do and then you could just download it you could download it there and the the core rulebook is not large i mean it's large in pages it's large in uh text it's not large in size it is only like less than three megabytes so it's not going to be like yeah some massive Massive download, right? Because it's just all yeah. Fast. You're not looking at Starfield size, <laughs> 130 <No>. gigs. <laughs> like no, no, no. It's just it's just a, just a PDF, just just text. Um, so we've been looking over it, and uh, are you all excited for this release? Because this is essentially like um, you're going. To, I mean, you're going to go through layout. You're going to go through adding pictures. You're going to go through adding um, all of that to make it basically essentially look like a Dungeons and Dragons book does essentially, and if well, you're familiar it, with that, it, go, ahead. go ahead. Sorry, no, I was say if you're, if you're familiar with is, what Dungeons and Dragons book look like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's what it's going to do is it's the layout helps you navigate the book, right? It breaks up that block, mm-hmm. like you said right now that that huge text is just impossible to go through. So when you get uh, the uh, layout. Not only that, with the PDF, we're actually hoping, it's not a promise yet, to do it to where you can, like, get, like, little down the side, like, little tabs you can click that will jump you from section to section and hyperlink that a little bit. So you can page through the book instead of going, you know, slide each page, every PDF over and over and over to get there. Uh, you'll be able to get pop right to you want. So, um, yeah, that, that and then, of course, we'll have, you know, all that arranged, and that will make a huge difference for accessing the book, so... Of course, yeah. So, like I said, it's gonna be it's gonna be a little tricky to get through the the PDF itself. Um, but if you if you have a con, you know if you have a find function on your PDF reader, Control F does wonders. You can look for like you look for specific parts. Um, but yeah, are are you all uh, excited? How do you feel about this basically basically release? Daryl, <laughs> how do you feel? Or does he not hear me? Is Daryl gone? Daryl? He looks frozen. Does um, does look a little, little frozen. <laughs> well, uh, I'll speak and maybe, uh, and then Josh can, and then maybe Daryl catch up. Um, of course, we're excited. I mean, here's what I know is going to happen. Right now, everyone who hasn't read the book knows exactly what they hope is in that book. They know what they're expecting in their mind is going to be the perfect thing that they want. Because these people, everyone wants content, 
you know, for the secret world that that's that back this, they, they're interested in that and they want that. And they're going to, th in their mind, they have this picture of what they're going to get. And then some of those things will be in there. Some of those things won't be in there and some things will be in the ways they don't like. So I know I'm going to get positive and negative feedback. So I'm excited to get mm -hmm. it out. I'm excited to deliver to everyone who backed us. And we're really appreciative. I also know there's going to be the people who I don't like what I got. That's never the fun part. <laughs> True. So. Uh, so, uh, do you feel like it will meet a lot of backers' expectations? Do you feel like I it's think going with the amount to... of lore that's in there? That that was the key thing was to to get the lore and cover the world as much as we could in one book. I think I don't know who that was, but they're racing along really fast. Um, uh, you I gotta get a PDF. Uh, that was me. Sorry, sorry. I got the fast and furious going on back there. I think they'll be. I think most people should be satisfied and 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 meet expectations with that we gave them as much as we could in a single book. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I I think it's a. I think we more than delivered on the level of uh, material that we should to to bring this to life. Yes. Okay. Yeah. the the uh, The thing that surprised me was going through and that chapter one is basically uh, a whole bunch of lore and a whole bunch of uh updated lore and um not updated updated but like it goes through it, it explains the factions it explains the things but it's it's explaining it um on a level that it's not it's not basing it off of 2012 it's basing it more off of 10 years later it's basing it off of uh yes like 20 2022 2023 right we launched in 2022 so that's where the timeline's going to start and hopefully every book will kind of catch up a little bit each time Every new book. That's cool. So, so it pushes it pushes things forwards even ten years. So when you go into say uh, explaining like what's going on in Kingsmith, um, mm -hmm. I would say, would you like to to basically say like uh, um, explain what's a, like, a little bit of what's going on there? Daryl, are you back? And how it and how it's different than what we play through? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you um, Why don't you kind of tell them where the timeline is there a little bit? Because you did the bulk of that writing, and Josh, you know, looked over it more. You're going to remember it better than me trying to explain it because I'm terrible at explaining stuff like that. Sure, sure. Um, we'll that uh, yeah. Josh, feel free to j jump in and uh, correct me if I'm getting the, the details wrong because it's been um, sure. my, my my work finished up uh, months ago. And uh, I'm just now seeing it again for the first time. Like, hmm, this is pretty good. Who wrote this? Yeah. But yeah. So if you go back to uh, Solomon Island and, and Kingsmouth, you, you'll you'll see all the familiar places are mostly there, but there is a disturbing lack of fog. Um, like, you know, what? I th I thought it was a lot more crowded with uh, you know zombies and and such, um, but. Uh, things are, are still they're not like they were before it all you know went foggy 10 years ago uh you know things are, are still uh a bit abandoned um you know it's not really the mm -hmm. tourist center it, it once was uh but it's not you know what, what we played through in the game um like that's it's like, like there's been a soft reboot um and and so there's still 
traces of it, but you know, if you talk, you know, talk to the locals, like you know, what what was going on here, they'd be like, no, no, it's uh, you know, I, I can't remember exactly, but I know the things are. We had some troubles. Um, you know, they might be able to, to mention, you know, you know, somebody got somebody got sick, or you know, people left the island. Don't remember why. Um, swimming or something, and uh, it, but it's it's like it's like they're uh. uh the the past has kind of been altered in their minds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's going into it's going into some of the deep weird. Where in the video game you're playing through a sort of apocalyptic mist kind of scenario. Um, this this dials it back down to more of a, a Twin Peaks uh, Welcome to Night Vale kind <laughs> of weirdness uh, in the town, which is fun to play. Um, what I'm excited about with the release of this is how it percolates in the players' minds because I spent years working on the game. And seeing this amazing fan base that likes to make content, they'll they'll uh, they'll role play on Twitter as their characters. I've role played with a lot of them as some of the as some of the characters. Um, they make uh, fictional uh, uh, radio stations that that continue to play. Um, they they make amazing content, and 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 the game handles like the setting is wide open. You can go anywhere, but video games, you know, can only do so much. Even even with uh, expansive video games. So what this this is uh, the, the tabletop game is an engine to just make all kinds of interesting great stuff. So I'm interested mm-hmm. to see what players do when they look in the book and go, well, I wanted that, but it's not in this book. And I'm interested to see when they add that to it. Or and and what's great with the tabletop game is we have this setting that kind of goes forward ten years. But if you want to open it up and go like, but I really want to play when feet hit the ground in 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 Kingsmith when the game starts easiest thing in the world to do the rules are all there for you you can totally do it and it's tabletop and, you can do yeah. it yeah you can you can do whatever the heck you want in a tabletop that's sort of and, the whole fun yeah. of tabletop it's great and while you're all playing in your various games i want you to think of uh of um of the hollow earth is this 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 tree with many branches that go into alternate timelines so that technically all of your games exist in the same world no matter same same metaverse even even if they have drastically different changes yeah yeah one of the one things i read was um that it's one of those like we have we have agartha we have the hollow earth that is in that is in multiple different uh lore in 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 real societies um and that's why that's why it's here in secret world is it shows that that of course everything is true so it's also it made reference to the fact that it was like well scientists you know believe at the center of the the earth is this this core of molten metal and 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 magma and that it's uh that it's you know dense rock and whatnot and they are also true because it's everything. Everything is true. So it's that sort of idea that like we are in the hollow earth, but the hollow earth is a partial like pocket dimension. Yeah. And that's, that's territory. I like, I guess that's what you call high weirdness. Like a vampire is weird, but it follows a certain set of rules. And once you accept that the supernatural thing is there, it's there, but you get the high weirdness when it's, when it kind of makes your brain itch when you're like, yeah, the earth is this molten core, but at the same time, it's this hyperdimensional tree. Um, mm-hmm. And, and some of that kind of stuff is going on in um, in Kingsmith now, and I like that you can do some slow burn investigations there. I mean, you could have you could have the fog come back and play it all you know over again. There's 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 lots of room for for um, both uh, loud apocalyptic stories, but also quiet weird investigations. 
But I think that there's room absolutely for both. Where in video games, they sort of have to kind of keep the apocalypticness going a little bit, you know. But uh, but it, it, they can um, you could absolutely play it on the small scale. You could play it on the the larger scale. Uh, and I believe the the point that was mentioned, I found it. I found it in the book. It took me a little bit to find where it's mentioned that that's called the 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 long night, as far as the the, the mm-hmm. memory forgetting the 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 that sort of like. Um, where when they try to think about it, it just sort of like just turns into a little bit of fog and they can't quite, they can't quite get it straight. Um, right. Yeah. That's the key to the sort of the beginning of how we're starting the, the yeah. setting. It, it might be helpful to think of the fog is still there, but instead of this oppressive physical fog that is around the Island, it's more of a mental fog that's coming to different people's heads or it could, there you go. You're in your basement. It's there. Yeah. There's this weird seepage of, of strangeness going on. And some people might be a little bit more aware of it than others. Um, others might not be willing to think back to the, what, to, to why their memories are kind of weird. There's, Everything's there's going fine just now. A, just a really big party and everyone got wicked wasted. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Dufresne, over. Danny Dufresne woke up and was like, what the heck? Uh, but it's, yeah, you call it the long night, which is a nice uh, nod to the fact that the, the overall quest chain in Secret World is called the dawning of the endless night. So there is a, uh, a nice nod to that there as well. Um, I said I didn't, didn't get as far into reading it as I wanted to because I, I was finding it very, very interesting. Uh, but that's, of course, why wouldn't I? Well, you, um, you can have us on another time in, in a month when you've read it more. Right. When we release it with the layout, you can, you can read it then. Um, so, but the thing that I found is that, right, you're, you're basing it off of 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons, which is, in my mind, perfectly fine because uh, it is a... Uh, uh, a foundation that is a lot of players would already know they're already very familiar with and that you're not really changing even the mechanics of Dungeons and Dragons itself too much. Mm-hmm. Um, in that there may be some things that in the video game we're, we're more used to that may not actually translate well into the, the game of Dungeons and Dragons itself without completely unbalancing down Dungeons and Dragons. So, uh, do you feel it's more geared towards tabletop players or MMO players specifically? Well, we made a tabletop game. So what we did is we made a tabletop game and people who already play tabletops, that's the most recognizable rule set. And people who play the video game will recognize a lot of the lore and somewhere in between there, there's always a crossover of people who do both. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. What we wanted to do was, we didn't want to have to write a custom rule set. That would have been another, you know, to play test, build a custom rule set. That would have been another year or two to make a viable, usable rule set. And then wouldn't be recognizable, um, mm-hmm. you know, to anyone who knew it. So we use D&D. And yeah, some people go, well, this doesn't make me feel like the way it works in the video game. Well, because it's not the video game we picked, you know, we, we tried to map it to the system, which, you know, there, there's some valid issues that people will have with that. But any system we try and map it to, it's not going to be perfect. If you try to emulate a video game with the tabletop, you're just going to go crazy. Mm-hmm. You'll do weird, weird somersaults trying to make it match. That will actually be more mechanically unsound or difficult. Yeah. Arguably, but the same- there are some that might do it better or worse, but you're still going to have that same issue. 
Yeah. And at the same time, uh, going tabletop is going to free you to do things like, you know, I'll notice like in the online role play, people will assume things about their character and, and, and role play those that aren't really covered in the mechanics of the game, but they do the best they can to make the two mesh. And mm-hmm. now you're free to go to tabletop where that'll be a little bit easier. But yeah, it doesn't, yeah, the systems work differently. You know, the, the, the video, the MMO is based on like that two weapon system. Um, this isn't kind of uh, uh, opinion to that as much. Uh, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's basically just taking the idea that there are individuals charged with anima and they can channel that anima into weapons to make them fight beyond what a normal person with a sword could do or channel it into magic and, uh, you know, magical disciplines and do things more quickly and more powerfully than someone who's just purely studying the occult could do. Um, and then we, we basically took that idea and plunked it into sort of D&D classes. Um, uh, but we pay, we, uh, I, I like the, I, I was about to say we, but I didn't make the systems. I just, I just commented on stuff. Uh, 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 I thought they did a really good job uh, making kind of a malleable system where you can kind of respect yourself uh, in interesting ways as you go. Uh, what elements do you think uh, the MMO actually does fit really, fit really well into that genre? And, um, well, then the, another follow-up to that is, what do you think really had to be left out to keep it more D&D? Like, what's like a, what's like a specific aspect, do you think, that, uh, that really works from the MMO to kind, of, to kind of push that forward? That's a hard question to answer for me. Um, you have an answer there, uh, guys? I'm trying to think how I would phrase something. Um, so the biggest thing I can point to right away is combat. Okay, for example... Um, so when you play the video game, use your ability and has a timer a few seconds before you can use it again and it cycles through it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in an MMO, you so essentially in, in, in the video game, you unlimited use of your powers, right? And you could go through uh, five combats in an hour in a video game, 10 combats, you know, fight monster here, fight monster there, and just keep going for two hours, three hours like that. D&D rules are... Uh, and this is a common you know, thing people will tell you about it, takes longer for a battle. So that timer is much more exaggerated, for example, where you can use a power. So like you might use a power, uh, a spell from D&D, and you won't be able to use it for the rest of that, effectively that next fact, that whole con, you're out. Well, if we gave you the same resources you had in a video game, the tabletop would become unmanageable for GM if you just, you could just constantly just spam abilities over and over again. Um, it, it that wouldn't mesh well so you have to have this difference in how often you can use some of these abilities to give a balance that can be managed in the role-playing game different games will do that differently uh, when we do the savage worlds mm-hmm. version there's different ways to convert that but in the end it's still a thing of it's not good you, you still have to have some kind of limiting factor so that there's a resource to use up so that the gm has that way to challenge you more effectively i, I don't know if josh has it or daryl has a better way to explain that maybe uh, yeah, I do, I do use definitely <laughs> a, you know, a, a resource management kind of a system. Um, uh, I would say it's also easier to, um, on the tabletop version, show how your actions bleed into like the the, the, the quote unquote real world or mundane world. Um, you know, you can show that a bit in video games, but a lot of times you're just fighting straight out in the streets and stuff. But in, uh, in a tabletop, really go into the ramifications of, of what you're doing in a in a, in a mundane world. Um, uh, also the locations are more open, you know, as long as the, as long as the, the, mm-hmm. the game master is, 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 is uh, uh, confident in their improv skills. 
suddenly go, we're taking a flight to Tampa Bay, Florida, for whatever reason. You know, like you're going to go see this. <laughs> that would be the Tampa best Bay, location, Florida. really. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Florida's a pretty, everything's true in Florida. Everything's true for Florida. Duke. Um, <laughs> and, and then some. I, lo- I love. You can explore why. Why? Why is Florida? I do. When love they say Florida man is really is just one individual. It really is. We we go there in the loading screen to to South Africa. Yeah, yeah. T- Tampa game. is an is sort of an in in player secret world joke. Uh, yeah, but you don't get to ex- truly experience what it is like there. No, but you no. can in the game but now. It, but in <laughs> in. Uh, when you when you when you go to South Africa, there's you fly and the loading screen is a map and it's got the little dashes, and it shows you going to Florida, and then and going <laughs> off, and that was literally from a from a community joke with uh, with Tron, who worked on Secret World, and it was it was Tampa, it was it was a running joke of like where we were gonna go next when we didn't know what the next zone was gonna be. And and uh, before they announced South the, Africa, yeah, location, <laughs> yeah. When we do so the North American look like with a... the Illuminati, we will definitely do something with make... Tampa. Yeah, I, I petition for Tampa. Tampa. At least a Tampa mention, yeah. It's the linchpin to the entire plot. Ask for it. Yeah, we that was like right around like when. <laughs> that was right around when Stranger Things was came out. And so okay. I was messing with Tron, and I kept calling it Atmat. I was like, "It's the upside down of Tampa. It's Atmat," and he didn't get <laughs> it for like a month straight. I finally explained that Atmat was Tampa backwards, and he <laughs> he was like, "Shut up!" And uh, this is the beauty of tabletop games: is that an in joke can easily become an actual, it, thing. a real thing. Yeah, can go to the your, upside your down. It's only your time and imagination. Yeah. So mentioning that the Dungeons and Dragons, of course, is a as far as a genre sort of of game goes, Dungeons and Dragons is very tactical. It's very resource. It's a, it's a lot of basically resource management. You have spell slots, you have uh, ammunition, you have hit points, you have uh, that, that don't just, you know, come back at the end of a combat. Um, you have, you know, a lot of stuff that ends up being a yeah, resource management. So uh, I, I wanted to, to point this out that there was a couple of times, a couple of things going through the, the books themselves. I wanted to sort of head off a bit because I was like, oh, this is, yeah, not like it's experienced in the video game, but it's a, it's a different genre. I said it's basically based off of Dungeons and Dragons itself. So... Two things, two things I noticed, but after after going into it, they did kind of make more sense. One was um, ammunition, that there is a listing for like, you know, oh, ammunition, you know, uh, guns have bullets. Um, you mentioned like crossbows have bolts, you know, uh, certain things like that, which is which is very Dungeons and Dragons, which is very, you know, you have to keep track of that sort of thing. Um but here in Secret World, it's sort of like our abilities come from our anima and we use our weapons as a focus. So how do you think that you could basically have both of those being 
Morgani says, my assault rifle fires bees. Thank you very much. What, yes, yes. <laughs> how do you think that those two that, you know, again, they're all, you know, everything is true. Uh, if, if it's in a, if, if it's in a world that, you know, we live in today's world, there are bullets. So how do you, how do you think those two mesh together? Well, for that aspect, well, I think it helps. This it's one of those things where uh, the tabletop probably does it a little bit better where the, the players are like, I, I don't want to cast a spell. I, I just want to shoot the zombie. I, I have a gun. It, it, yes, I can cast spells through it. It also has bullets. Can I just just put a bullet in his head? You know, or I want to open this lock. Can I okay. just shoot the padlock? And of course, in a video mm-hmm. game, you know, the, the the question, you know, can I blah, is answered by, well, did they program it to do that? Uh, and options are you know limited to what the developers imagined. But you know, on tabletop, you're limited mm-hmm. to whatever you can convince the GM you should be able to do. And I have a gun. I should be able to shoot this thing. Uh, is a pretty compelling argument, you know, when you have bullets, and if they're not just, uh, you know, glorified wands, like no, 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 I really, you know, can shoot bullets. My my sword really can, you know, cut skin or rope. Um, you know, so right. So even taking like the the power out of it, the you know the enema out of it, it still is a useful tool. It still is a a weapon. A gun is still a gun. So I see Morgani asked the question, there's no fallen damage in the TTRPG. Yes, there is a no, there's not. Um, let me put it to you this way. <laughs> Perfect. So Again, so, everything is yes, true. We, we, we put the rules in there because there are people who ask that I want to play a regular person in this world. Then there's falling damage. Um, there are GMs who, in a video game, it makes sense to do it that way, but the GM might feel the world becomes unchallenging is uh if you're i can jump out of a 50-story building no problem great that's really up that's more of a there will eventually there'll probably be a sidebar that it mentions do it this way or do it that way that's up to you some gyms might say you know what i won't apply falling damage for the first 50 feet but if you jump out 300 feet you're still going to die um you know i mean obviously that just comes down to what works better in a game for the way your gm's running it um so yes and no what do you have to say to that there, uh, Josh? Were you going to say something? I was going to say, if you want the pure MMO experience, remove falling damage and don't allow any of the player characters to ever speak. <laughs> yes. There we go. Either. Make them all silent protagonists, right? That's, that's if you're a purist. <laughs> well, you can also right. go up on you a different route. It's like... Is uh, if you do piss off the GM and be like, well, now your character dies by stubbing your toe. Have fun. <laughs> oh, so which rocks fall, rules? everyone dies is a favorite saying in our, our games. Yeah. <laughs> R-F-E-D. I think I've seen that. <laughs> yep. um, but I also noticed in going through some of the classes, and um, the classes will be familiar to any Secret World player. The classes are, uh, let's see if I can find them real quick. Trust me, you'll see it. It's Massive this document. It's a I have been yeah trying to wrestle with this document all week. It is <laughs> Well, you know, just remember that's just so people can look at it. The final version will be organized. You can go through it. Quickly. Yes, yeah, yeah. The final the final version will be organized. So there's uh assassin. There is um 
Right, Demolisher. I assume. Okay, yeah. So if you can go through it faster than I can. Uh, yeah, Demolisher, Gunslinger, um, Magus, Magus, Magus. Did you say Magus? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. Magus. Wow. That was me, that was me mispronouncing it. Um, Magus is actually my uh, my toddler son's middle name. That it's it is. It's gonna be cool when he gets old enough to use that and not be made fun of in high school. It's like I'm gonna. Play it wasn't that even one. my idea. It wasn't even my idea. Like everyone assumes. Uh, like all my friends assume. Like I, 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 I pressured my wife to do that, and she came up with it. And I'm like, sure. <laughs> You're all twist my eye. Mercenary, Punisher. Um, but the uh, Ravager. Well, that's fun. Yeah, you Trickster, you brought her. Warlock, and of course, uh, like but but like as we're saying, we're going off of basically Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition. So uh, most of those all core are the same. So of course, Warlock has Eldritch Blast. Of course, it does. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you didn't really change around much of the the names of the spells, and you didn't change around too much of the names of the uh, of all that because. Well, yeah, it, it, would it be great if you look at the number of abilities listed for things? If, you, if we try to rename every spell, the, the, what you defeat is the ability for people to recognize the D&D rule set and go, this does that. And that, that's what we gave. The D&D rule set gives them that familiarity. If we rename everything, go, well, what mm-hmm. is that spell? Is it the same as this one? And yes, they can learn it. This is more so you can pick it up and play it. People who've played the video game can go, I'm going to call it this from the video game and then call it that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this is what it's emulating, and do that. But for people uh, who want to play D and D, or have discovered this, or um, or even people who play the video game but just want to be able to find it in the book quicker, if they play D and D, they're going to know that powers this, and it's less than trying to figure out why is X it, and Y different. Yeah, it's so. a quicker, easier reference. And if you have a pile of D and D supplements that have all spells and things in them that you know aren't covered. And what we have, you can talk to your GM and be like, hey, would it make sense if, uh, if my secret world guy of this class has, you know, X spell? Uh, so, you know, you potentially can make use of a lot of those those extraneous books. Honestly, we do some of the same stuff in now because there's shit that got renamed mm-hmm. in Legends from the original. And lots of us still just call it the old name. <laughs> Just right, out yeah. Of, right. Out of habit. You're just like, yeah, it's that thing. We all know what we're talking about. <laughs> just whatever people are comfortable with. But something I noticed was that going through all these classes is that it relies. Uh, there's a for each class has a bunch of cantrips. Mm-hmm. And for those not Dungeon Dragons, can you explain what a cantrip is? It's those a, are uh, low, really low levels. Oh yeah. They're a really, really low-level low level spell. spell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. That you can just keep casting. You, you, yeah. they're, they're spammable, basically. Uh, okay. Which, so I think that's, you know, emulating those those types of... Um, we, we, uh, Brennan talked earlier about how the, the powers in the video game, uh, you can, you know, they got a cooldown, but you can pretty much just, you know, keep hitting them all night, which doesn't really work for D&D. Uh, but for some of them, 
it does. Like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. D&D can handle it as a cantrip. And so, you know, you should be able to, you know, give them a, give them a little zappy zap, you know, every other turn or so. That's fine. We'll, we'll just call that a zappy zap. We'll give, mm-hmm. we'll give you that cantrip. <laughs> that's, that's the official, that's official technical, technical right? term. Technical term. <laughs> Actually, going to have to make it to the book as a special power zappy zap. <laughs> zappy zap. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I was like, okay, so when I was looking at like, you know, it's like, oh, there's ammunition, we have guns and whatnot, but, you know, uh, in the, in the game itself, we use our anima as a, as a focus through the weapon. So, mm-hmm. um, we're, you know, so our anima comes out as, you know, uh, as a shotgun, it comes out through, through shotgun shells, our anima is ejected that way. But in the same way here, like having it, having a lot of cantrips for each class is like, yeah, you could do that every turn you can yes. basically keep casting like eldritch blast over and over again every turn if you wanted maybe not the best idea i don't know depends on the situation it's very situational yeah. but yeah so it's like you do have like this basically never-ending power source so it is in there correct to, to me at least from a game perspective it kind of sounds like basics you know mm-hmm. the mage can cast our tiny little damage fireball like all the time it doesn't right. have a cooldown, right? That's to me what it feels like, at least from the game perspective. Mm-hmm. Say, so, which is different than D and D in such that you know there are some of like the fighting classes of D and D, and they don't basically have cantrips, you know, unless they start taking other classes or something. At least that's at least my own uh, understanding of it. I mean, if you play the Eldritch Knight, you have some spell stuff. If you play your standard pure fighter, no. So yeah, it, it's. We basically everything we have here is closer to a fighter mage in a term that some might use, or uh, everything's some kind of spell casting class of some sort. This is how they focus. So, uh, so we have we have Daryl here on the show with us today. Uh, I'm gonna switch it up a little bit. Uh, Daryl, how much do you think? Um, like, what's what sort of percentage do you think that you wrote compared to? Because I was told that you wrote quite a bit of it. So, how much? How much do you think you wrote comparatively? Oh, geez, twenty. Uh, I I don't know. I, I lost track. <laughs> there, uh, there was. You wrote about seventy thousand words at least. Okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, out of <laughs> out of like I paid you. 200? I know how many words you wrote. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah, like so. There was, like I said, it was so there was so much of it. I mean, I don't think I, I've read the whole thing yet. Uh, but, what part did you focus yes. on? Uh, I got to do the uh, the the setting stuff, which was super fun. And uh, so I was, you know, less especially digging digging deep into the into the lore, trying to like um, you know truly grok the okay, what's going on in Egypt? What went on in Egypt before? And before that, and before that, okay, yeah. So you know, then, then you do that for uh, you know Kingsmouth and uh, all the other places. Um, you know, just trying trying to f- figure out first of all, you know, where it was at in 2012, and then advance that 10 years um, in such a way that it's still you know echoes with the fight of 10 years ago. Uh, but it has become a new thing, so it has new new stories to tell and new adventures to have. Um, you know, that's still 
you know, it's still res- hopefully it will still resonate with the players who know those places, you know, some from like the back of their hand, I'm sure. Uh, you know, some of them who've like, yes, I've been exploring Kingsmouth for 10 years. I know exactly how everything is. Um, it's like, well, you know, we're, we're somewhere else, but you can, it's, it's still that, but mm-hmm. you can tell new stories there because things are a little bit different now. And so they, oh, something new to learn, something new to discover in these places uh, that I know so well. That's, I hope that was the plan. That's what I was going for. Okay. So, uh, I also got to work on uh, a couple of new places. Um, we were able to, this, this isn't a surprise, is it, Brandon? I'm not giving away anything. No, either, you can talk about it. All right. All right. Uh, so we have uh, at pretty much the same level of detail. Uh, we have Boston and Paris and, and Mumbai. Mumbai. Thank you. I always get that one wrong. I was going to like, and another place. I lived there virtually for six, for a month. I should know this place. Uh, and Mumbai, um, which was super fun and a little um, intimidating, honestly, because there was, because these other locations are so, so well developed. You know, and it has such history and such lore and such, you know, love in them. Um, you know, there's certainly a challenge to bring that to the page, but then to take, to put that same level of, of detail and history and lore into someplace brand new. I mean, on one hand, it's more freeing. On the other hand, there's a really high bar, you know, where <laughs> so these things that are, you know, have, you know, 10,000 years of history that everybody has memorized, um, you know, want to like want to deliver at that same level so that somebody else can can you know fall in love with paris the same way they have uh, kingsman very cool very cool yeah i was gonna say like yeah just going into like the 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 areas section yeah you'll have you'll have new england you'll have transylvania you'll have egypt you'll have tokyo but right then there are these there's these new locations I, i really felt that if we weren't giving people new locations what were we doing because you everyone who's been you know especially people who are watching this show or played the game for like say a decade or even five or six years you've seen those locations dozens hundreds of times that are already in the game if we're not giving you something new then why make a game without giving you new content i mean we're we're doing mm-hmm. this book we should be expanding and growing the world so that people have more to do and more things to think about versus just replaying what's in the game as a tabletop which is totally valid for those that want to do it and fine and i hope you love it if that's what you want to do but we also want them to say people say well i want more i mean that's the one thing people clamor for is write more content for the secret world and that's what we're trying to add and it it helps seeing more examples when you see examples of settings in a book not only are you getting those extra settings to, to play with but you get examples of how like oh okay i can now see how you would take a real world setting and, and secret world defy it. So now like, now I feel more confident going in to my hometown. And what, what is that like in the secret world or, uh, you know, any location mm-hmm. or Tampa, Tampa, yep. or Tampa. For roads eventually lead to Tampa. <laughs> eventually lead to Tampa. Yeah. Gaia, Gaia lives in Tampa. I, I, I'm just, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I, I probably shouldn't <laughs> let the secrets out, but. Oh, you've given out the secret. Gosh. We're going to take our license now. <laughs> what a big secret. That was that was my idea. I was I was banding that about in my head. I was like, what would I add to the campaign? And it's like, what if Florida Man was just, you know, whenever we talk about Florida Man did this, Florida Man does this. What if they're actually just all like 
cloned from the same individual, and it's actually just one individual named Florida Man. <laughs> Q keeps dropping every time they clone him, so that explains it. Right, <laughs> right. Something doesn't go right in the cloning process, and he ends up doing all kinds of weird things. Um, <laughs> but that's a great that's a great seed to start with. You know, is Florida Man a shapeshifting it yeah. transdimensional entity? <laughs> is he a psyop by you know ex government agency? Is he you know this or that? Why Florida? All of it's true. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, then on top of that, why Florida? Why Florida of all places? Why why is Florida Florida? <laughs> I used to live there. I don't know why Florida is Florida. I live here. I don't know we why say, either. We say this all, but, but Waffle lives there. I blame. Yeah, so. I blame Waffle. I'm sorry. It's Waffle's fault. It's all right. Hey, listen, from from he someone who Florida lives man. in New Jersey, like you get it. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Jersey's picked on all the time. It's fine. We're cool with it. Um, so is there any, um, anything we should tease? Is there anything that you guys wanted to maybe tease people with today? I mean, I know it's only coming out in, you know, two days. They'll have their hands on it too. But, um, someone just asked, I think, like, uh, oh, someone just asked, like, did, uh, Semigarian, just asked, speaking of Tokyo, did the filth escape the quarantine? That's a good question. I mean, it, escaped the, it was exported during the current game. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, literally like, ex- yeah. It's literally exported into Kingsman. Because so, Orochi wanted to see what what, what the happen? Japanese filth did when it was next to the, that filth. Because, you know, Science. As you do, <laughs> you you experiment and, with people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, what happens when? I think I'm excited about dealing with the death mechanic in the game. Okay. Because the, I think that is the fact that, so uh, if you die, uh, and the, the GM should really lean to the fact that you can get hurt and can't die, right? They sh- A lot of times GMs kind of hold back. Oh, I don't want to kill the players. No, literally kill them. Go ahead. That's perfect. That's part of the game. (laughs) Kill them and kill them hard. Right. Don't worry about total party kills. Everyone will come back. Obliterate them. That's fine because they're going to come back anyway. So don't hold back. Don't try and hold back. Because when you die, you have to make a choice every time. I want to lean towards the the light side, the luminous side. Do I want to lean towards the shadow side? Order versus chaos. Or do I want to choose neither? Because if you die... And you can read the book to get the specifics on how the rules set up. But essentially, if you die, you can either come back in 2d6 rounds. So you might not be there to help your friends right with whatever your goal is. Uh, or you can come back right away. But all you have to do is just give a little piece of yourself to the side of order or chaos. And, and if you do that, you come back right away. But you get a point towards one of those sides. Um, and eventually, if you choose often enough uh, and you die often enough and you make those choices... Uh, one side or the other, you character could become an NPC. You've given yourself so far to one side or the other that you're no longer able to, you know, be a player. That's the death in the game that goes. You're no longer a player. You're an NPC. That's Where so I've seen exciting. that mentioned um, early on in the book, it mentions how, like, when it's when it starts talking about the filth and and like, you know, what that uh, you know that there have been. Like, you know, the, the bees that are being released in 20, 
22 essentially are different than the believe than the bees that were released in 2012 basically like the the first real wave like you get a a second real wave wave Mm -hmm. of bees come out and um or anything in between you know it's your story um but but it mentioned something about the the bees being absorbed by the filth which i thought was a very interesting concept in that right if if one is making too many of these corruption choices on death like they become more and more corrupted that they could eventually like become basically filth creatures themselves you could look at it that way okay this is literally one of those things that with Funcom we had to this is it was something we already had a mechanic we were working towards and Funcom said you need to explore this this choice they wanted they were very this is one thing they really wanted was that that could happen what that final result is i think kind of leads into some stuff that we can't exact that's more something you can um conceptualize yourself uh where that will eventually take you but the fact is you end up on one side or the other or you can choose to constantly stay in the middle and choose neither and that's a long-term effect as well and i'm not sure that funcom had some ways that they didn't want us to uh i guess i think people already know this from things they've kind of delved into and theorized but we can't really say the definitive answer what that means right right kind of leaving that that funcom wants to uh in the in the case of the future they want to basically do a lot more with the secret world ip that they want to uh keep it keep it under wraps essentially there may be things they want to do later in the future with this we got to leave it there sounds like what it sounds like the wings choice it kind of does to a certain extent i mean as far as in the video game yeah it's like oh you you make anything <laughs> we we've been able to make a total of three choices and it affected the wings that we got, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's uh what has happened for us so far. But that, that's it sounds, the that most we can say about it. Sounds a lot like that. <laughs> it's I mean, that's just my observation, but it it seems like it's in that same vein, in which case I can see why they want to like um well, I can't think of the word. Why they would why they would want to make that an important aspect because it was intended to be an important aspect for the longevity of the game as well. So mm-hmm. I, I, I even remember something a... about. Sorry, go ahead. I say I think we did a good job of demonstrating that in the game in a way that works for the tabletop, that at least gives you some hint of that enough that you would. It, the players and GMs can make that mean what exactly they want to, but at least it's expressed in the game in a mechanic that makes sense. Like your choices matter because since players can't die, right? You really got to mm-hmm. players need something that matters. And really, honestly, if you're as you as a player don't uh, invest your character in caring about something about the world, it's just a combat game because you can't die. So mm-hmm. you have to care about you. You really need to play your character that you care about something, uh, because death isn't really a thing for you. So, what's your character's goals, and why are you fighting what you're doing? Why are you wearing a mankini? <laughs> That's a question none of us want the answer to. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I kind of saw that answer in there, and it is that for uh, I forget what section it was in. Um, but it was it was relatively in the beginning where it basically said that for uh, for for the you know, for bees that we have powers and whatnot, but we, you know, can die and come and come back and, you know, die and come back and die and come back. 
that eventually you become a little a little jaded or a little like you're you, a little more black humor a little more that you start you start getting this like well what is well what is everything really worth what well, well, what does everything really really mean if yeah. if nothing really has consequence yeah and it separates you from all the people that are so much more squishy yes yeah those so squishy it's, people if ever, if everything stops necessarily having consequence, sure, go around wearing a mankini. What what the heck can anyone do to you? I mean, yeah. Did we lose Josh? No, his video is frozen. But I'm here. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, there you are. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can I'm hear just, your fabulous voice. It's fine. I'm I'm free. I'm I'm ventriloquizing. Okay. <laughs> Man, he is good at that too. Yeah, his voice thousands of miles away. I, it's I too bad because I actually put on my mankini and now it's frozen. <laughs> no, no, we're not going there. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just leaving that for your brains. You said you were, you said you were digging a more summer vibe today. So we don't know what's under that Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> exactly, that was the big reveal in the camera. Oh my god, blinded <sighs> it. Scrifkini. <laughs> Bomber asks, uh, will we be able to resurrect at Animal Wells? I believe. Uh, I'll, I'll let you guys explain. We didn't make that a thing in a tabletop per se, because again, I don't think that, so you're sitting there, look at it this way. You're playing the a game with your friends for, uh, you know, two hours. You're into this big combat you've been doing for an hour. And in game terms, you know, it takes you like maybe sometimes a, a, all of a minute to run across that game screen back to where you're going. Do you really want to like simulate how if the player can come back instantly you want them there i mean that that works for a video game to kind of make some certain levels of difficulty i don't think that's really the best thing to do in a tabletop but if your gm wants an animal well and says it's right here they can just declare the animal well is this spot on the map you have to go there it'll take you this long to get back to the fight but when you make these choices to come back instantly in the game then that defeats the whole purpose of the way we had to design the death mechanics. So it's kind of like, you know, uh, pick and choose your battles. What's most important. Tabletop, a res from a player is good. A wipe, the well makes sense. I mean, but like I said, that's that's up to basically how the DM wants to run it. Yeah. It, that it, you could literally, be like, that's just the thing you can just determine as the GM and say, that's how it works in my world. Mm-hmm. Or we got one of those nifty little Mitsubishi portable respawns. Or the, you know, yes. And you can say, well, you only have uh, four chances with that before it actually breaks, and then you have to hike your your sorry butt from like ten miles away. But you know, it's again, like you said, it's up to the GM how they want to play. It's up to the GM. It's all, it's all about what makes the story good. Yeah. Waffle, are you insinuating now, that uh, Orochi technology breaks? No, no, it's it's high quality uh, equipment. <laughs> now, I will mention one thing though while we're talking about things, things like you're, you're bringing up stuff like this now. What was uh, since Daryl? If for those that don't know, he writes some stuff for the Secret World for us. Um, he is uh, actually uh, doing the Savage Worlds conversion, and that system allows us some flexibility on some things that you know are different than D and D. So I think. A lot of that system is what they call trappings. How you say things work is how they work, but you have to declare mm-hmm. that when you build your character. I think there will be some stuff that we'll be able to fit in there differently, uh, more appropriate to that. So, like, you know, 
we maybe we'll add a sidebar that talks more about you know the animal well in there specifically you know if that's you know what people come and say i wish you had this i wish you had that well we can't rewrite the whole book now that would delay you forever but we could say hey right. a couple of sidebars we can add to the book like do it just by saying you do it or this is how you do this um some of those things that and i know daryl's like thinking and said okay i'll take some notes here and uh, i'll add that to the conversion as a couple of sidebars and it's fixed mm-hmm. you know um so there's that and that's why, and that's why we say it says you say right in the beginning of the book, or right in the, right in the beginning of the core book, um, you say, uh, you know, can we send you feedback on this PDF? You put not at this time. Please hold off on giving us notes until we have the text in a layout, because then we can work with things like page numbers. We'll release a fully laid out PDF, including at the including all the great artwork as soon as we can, and that's when we'll welcome any and all feedback. For you guys to help us make the best version of the book it can be so no feedback just yet we humbly ask you for a little more time and then we can open the floodgates so in effect it's like yeah it's like yes you want feedback you absolutely want feedback mm-hmm. but to you know give give a little time and basically you know read the whole thing put out your put out your feedback in a more you know constructive constructive manner well, I think a lot of people could read it and right away just have gut reactions and start spitting stuff out, which some of the mm-hmm. gut reactions may be 100% accurate. But mm-hmm. like I said, two things. We can't rewrite the book. So mm-hmm. if, if, it's a, if it's a core rule, it's not going to be able to be changed. However, if it's something that we can explain with a sidebar that takes care of the issue, then sure, I don't see why we couldn't do a couple of those. Again, we're not going to write 50 new sidebars either. Some things you just have to say, the GM can choose to say this is how it works in the world. But if it makes sense, if we get enough people asking about a particular thing, we go, wow, we got 700 people sent us stuff and eight in, 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 you know, 600 of them asked for this one thing. Well, then maybe we should look at that, you know, you know, 50 people even mm-hmm. if it's enough for people, if, if half of our base is interested in a particular thing being explained better, well, then maybe a couple of those things need a little more expanding. Yes. But we also mm-hmm. don't want to write 15 pages because I can't afford Daryl. What Daryl charges, man. Well, and then premium. Then, then Josh, then Josh has to read it over, make sure it's good, and then Funcom has to approve it, and that's how much longer you'll wait for a book. Right. So, I mean, uh, it, it's 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 not that all that stuff just delays. So we have to make sure what we're doing is important to add to the book. Like, does this stop people from playing the game? Is this a does this make it a negative gaming experience for a large majority of our players? is that something they can just fix on their own or is it something we need to put in here for everyone? And if that's the case, then we should make that change. Okay. Understandable. So, um, let's see, did I, did I have any more? Um, just in general, um, I don't know if we basically already went over this, but you know, maybe we can reiterate a bit. Maybe there's something different. Um, what are your favorite parts of the book? What are your, what are your favorite additions daryl you wrote a bunch of it what do you like yeah um <laughs> you like know, six months ago you were done writing it uh, right right like, <clears throat> uh, uh I, I like paris because you know since brendan compared us like well <coughs> catacombs did anyone say catacombs uh you know, Mm-hmm. You know, it's just kind of a hotbed of conspiracy because in in developing these these new locations you spend a lot of time uh researching real world 
uh, well, history uh, and conspiracy theory. And so I <laughs> was very annoying to my family uh, during that period. It was like, <laughs> guess what I learned? And, you know, <laughs> sitting around the supper table going, so the reason that they have catacombs under under Paris was actually because they were digging up limestone back in the Middle Ages. And then, and then the building started sinking through. And so there were two projects at once. They had to... Uh, they had to shore up these these uh, these sinkholes all around town, and they had a whole bunch of bodies from the plague. So, anyway, uh, two yeah, birds, one stone. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> As you would, you know. Um, and that, that, so Paris was a lot of fun. I got to do my, you know, uh, <laughs> got to in, in, indulge in, in my catacombs. Uh, and you know, so of course there's the, there's you've got Falou, the Eiffel Tower. Uh, but also, you know, look around at some other lesser known uh, real world places with some history attached to them. And then of course, then you you tweak it and twist it and um, add you know more more secret world stuff, filth it up, if you will. Uh, and uh, oh, and I got. Hmm, lizard people i got to add i got to add some uh, some reptile people so, <laughs> nice yeah you know, classic conspiracy conspiracy mm -hmm. stuff i'm like we're, we're you know as i'm you know again you know delving into the the deep lore i'm like i we don't have for lizard people I, you'd think they'd be here we need some lizard people and uh apparently funcom agreed with me so we have lizard people and uh <laughs> spoilers they're in paris Oh, okay. As you do, as you do. Um, mm -hmm. yes. My favorite part of the book was, uh, it, it's not a huge section, it's just because of what it represents for the long-term story arc that I'm hoping we're able to accomplish, and that is, you know, the long night. Because that sets, that is the linchpin to start the entire story arc of what we hope to be another five books. Uh, you know, okay. um, and that, that's what will be, that's the foundation for being able to tell the story arc I want to tell that, you know, uh, so, so, uh, my wife and, and Josh will be, they're, they're way more into the Lord, a level that I can't compare to. So I'll let them hash it out, uh, when we make these, uh, uh, outlines. Um, and, and then Daryl will be in there too, of course, because he's going to be doing the bulk of the writing. And, uh, you know, I just, I just pay people to do stuff. That's all I do. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, but the long night sets up this whole like, so what happened during the long night? Why do people not remember that period? What happened? Why is that happening? And how is that affecting the storyline going forward? And then, you know, we're going to do, you know, Illuminati, North America, Templar, and uh, uh, Europe, and uh, the Dragon. No S at the end. I understand everyone. <laughs> I, I promise you, it's just a typo um, that I do all the time because that's how I type pad badly. That's why I have editors. But uh, the dragon and, you know, Asia, et cetera, and then Orochi, and then the fifth book, whose name I don't say because that gives away the story. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, okay. And it, that it's is, okay. We know it's Tampa. It'll end in Tampa. It's actually, it, the, 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 the fifth book is just called And Tampa. And Tampa. And then the, and, side note, part of the Congo. Uh, starts in the Congo, ends in Tampa. But uh, the point is, this is what's supposed to be that story will be taking up in each part of the book and then end there. And so we'll have this 
it's not a conclusion to the secret world as a whole. It's a conclusion to the story arc we want to tell mm-hmm. that I want to tell. And, and so hopefully that will be awesome and people will like it. And so that's why I'm excited about that. I don't know what Josh's favorite part is, but that's me rambling on as I do. Um, that's a tough one. I, I think, um, at least at this moment, I am leaning towards the Kingsmith section just because um, I didn't write it. I, I gave suggestions on where, you know, what could be done with it. And I gave comments after it was written, but and, and it would have been easy for me to be like, oh, that's not quite how, but because it's, it's such a favorite location for me, but it, I, I just really like the way it turned out. I think, it, I think it'll be a fun way for people to revisit that setting. And again, you can, of course, hit it the moment it is in the video game with the fog apocalypse that's easy Mm -hmm. enough to do but it's an interesting revisit to the location and the characters if i have my way so many terrible things will happen to that place eventually oh (laughs) it totally could it totally could um and there's just there's interesting ramifications um there are people there who you know what if they remember um they might have they might have useful information now that events similarly are happening in other places perhaps boston you know they might have some insights um but uh it's also a nice little hot spot for to be sent to to investigate what the, the long night specifically like you know how much do the uh, conspiracies and secret societies know about it? You know, how, how aware are they of it? Um, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a ground zero location to kind of, uh, it's certainly a very changed location by the long night. Uh, Definitely a ground zero location. Yes. Just to, uh, to, to, to sort of give a, a tease to people, uh, I kind of found a, a section um, on page 66 that goes into it. Should I read it, or do you want to hold that off? Oh, if you'd like to read it, that's fine. I mean, again, it's out on Saturday or Sunday, depending on how things go. <laughs> okay, all right. So, all right, I'm going to go ahead and read uh, this little part here in the section called uh, The Secret World Gazetter. And it's under the, the secret history of Solomon Island. So it says, in the 1600s, Solomon Island was one of the Illuminati's first strongholds in North America. Illuminati tunnels buried beneath the soil. Their sigils and wards marked each new construction. Their agents and money built monuments and buildings, then rebuilt them as they fell to fire and disaster again and again. The Solomon Island colony grew as the Wabanaki dwindled away. With each crisis and tragedy, the land was further tainted with dark magic, powerful curses, and deadly abominations. In 2011, a great fog rolled across Solomon Island. It brought with it a terrible song. Those who heard it were drawn to the sea, where they drowned, then returned to land as voracious undead. These monsters were soon joined by drog, zombies, and other creatures. Even the filth oozed its way onto the surface, where it corrupted animals, people, and other creatures. The fog isolated Solomon Island from the rest of the world. The Illuminati, Dragon, and Templars all descended on the island to investigate the strange happenings and prevent the horror from spreading. What they found was nothing short of apocalyptic. But then, then ten years had gone by. And now the long night is over. The fog is gone. So too are the Drog, the zombies, and the hordes of monsters swarming the island. Most of the locals who had gone to sea and returned as undead are living their lives safe and sound. Others remain missing, but no one quite remembers when they vanished or why. It's as if none of it happened. No one quite remembers the time of fog or the decade that followed. If they try to think back to more than a year or so ago, the details become indistinct, foggy even. 
Some still dream of eating human flesh, and many more have a faint knowledge that there is something ever so slightly wrong. Solomon Island today is much like it was before the fog, but while it is no longer a hub of supernatural terrors, neither is it a sleepy isle it once was. Dark things have awakened, and old threats are stirring once more. The dreaming one tosses in its sleep, calling for new servants to free it. Such things don't go unnoticed, which means the secret societies are taking an interest in the island once again. Yes. Yes. The, the, yes. Just injected into my veins. Just <laughs> straight in. So, yeah, you get to revisit. I mean, you can just play the video game over and over again if you want it to be exactly the same, which is, again, if you want to make it that way in the world, you can. But this gives you a new way. This is a way that players can explore it. You don't really want to go into a part of the world and just make the only focus how much stuff do we have to go kill as we go into that town, which some people absolutely love. Don't get me wrong. But I think it's this is going to give us, let us build more of a a story and, and lore that lets us build into a new world. And that's why we're doing it this way. It's very cool. It's a very, very cool idea. So it's, it's, it's fun to see. But I guess we also have to have to mention that um, this isn't necessarily canon. <laughs> Yes. Um, Funcom specifically wants it stated and known, which is fine. I understand why. Um, mm -hmm. That what we're doing is inspired by the game. Mm -hmm. Because they what, what they don't want people to do is play this and go, oh, this is what Funcom's going to do. This is all the way it's going to be. What if they make another game? It's all based on this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely no. This is, this is a version of the world that we feel comfortable telling stories in to let you explore that's hues as much in, in many ways to the original game but also invigorates it for tabletop play but it is not the definitive new history of the secret world in any way yeah uh, and yeah. that would have actually fun, fun hands in a lot of ways it would have yeah because because funcom certainly can't be beholden to whatever happens on the the tabletop game but it's it's better for the tabletop game that it's not so because uh we can we can take more drastic actions and do weirder things and, and not have to worry about what that might mean down the line for the IP in terms of video games. And, and more games. the same token, they might... Funcom has the option to... Right, exactly. They Some, do or don't, something, don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something interesting might develop and they go, ooh, that's cool. <laughs> you know, they might, they might latch on to. We make no promises or guarantees of anything they do. We have no knowledge of what Funcom will do with the game. Um, we just know what they let us do. <laughs> right. What you are under contract for, yeah. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So. But if they want to add lizard people, we'd all be okay with it. <laughs> yeah, I think that was uh, on the flip gaining. side, if, uh, if they... Oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, on the flip side, if they absolutely loved everything we did and decided to use it, they actually own the lore we create, right? That's the licensing deal. We don't permanently own it. They own it. We get to use, you know, if if in someday this license ends, they own all this. So if they decided they loved it, they could use it. It just doesn't mean they will. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's all. I was, and my thing is that uh, Morgani, something that I always try to to say about um, about Secret World is that yes, we know. There is not a whole bunch of development that is currently, you know, it is not at the top of their list right now. And um, they said that would imply that Funcom is going to the game, but they could. They've actually have done updates to the game in recent 
in recent time. It's just not, it's just not fast. It's just not, you know, whatever. But the best way to show Funcom that you want them to is not to just, you know, continually bash them. It's not to basically continually attack them. It's to basically say, hey, we're interested in this. We want to see this. We want you to do this because we are interested in this. And if they see that some people are interested in it, then maybe many people will be interested in it. And a, a, a part way to do that is by still actively, you know, being part of the community and being part of uh, whatever and supporting, supporting stuff like this, where people, you know, you go out and say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to expand this. We're going to make it into a tabletop game. We're going to, yes, yes, precisely. Funcom speaks money. Corporations speak money. It's, you know, Orochi, it's the Illuminati, you know, it's, it's, a, it's it, corporations speak money and you do have to basically say, hey, we want this. And, uh, and, and the way to do that is by supporting all these endeavors. It is by supporting um, what is what is currently out there. Show the interest. Um, well, what you could do is if all almost 2000 backers each finds 10 friends to buy the book. Fun comment go, oh, wow, there's a lot. That's how we think is the best way. No, I mean, I mean but yeah, interest is, if interest grows more, it could, you know, maybe spur them to be more interested in doing more, yes. Yes, precisely. And then that leads to, right, more Secret World stuff, which leads could, could even lead to more, right, uh, more more tabletop books, more this, more that. It's a, it's a, a you know, the concept that if you, if you love something and if you, if you are passionate about something, then you don't want to basically keep it under a downward spiral. You want to basically prop it up. You want to basically, you know, have it turn the other direction. And the way to do that is not by continual negativity. It's by basically being hopeful. I don't know. That's, that's, where, that's, I understand. that's where my mind's going. I understand. <laughs> I, I understand people want more for the game. That That's absolutely true. I get that. They want the game to be yeah. like, keep growing. We, we get that. Um, that's one reason why we did this, you know, mm -hmm. this is the way we could contribute that. Yeah. Win the lottery, buy the IP. Let me know when that happens. Cause then I'll have to license. From you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I genuinely hate when I see those comments. Cause I just feel like it's so stupid. Like, <laughs> well, it's an easy comment to make. Mm -hmm. It like misses like the, the whole, like, you you'd be missing so much of what makes the game the game. You don't know what it's supposed to be. You don't you don't have those resources. You could buy the IP. Doesn't mean you get everything else. Doesn't mean you get the you know the resources. I don't know. Well, I, I mean, you, you, like you buy the IP, and you, it doesn't mean you get the. Uh, um, so there's so much you would have to get to make that work. But yeah. It, it would you would do whatever you wanted with it. We would then have to game. not fuck it up, which is, like, <laughs> which is like, yeah, sorry, I don't, I don't, I don't trust you, Mister Lotto Winner. <laughs> no, no, no offense. Uh, we're we're gonna go get Johnny Depp involved. Ooh. I mean, yeah. Hey, that he he optioned the TV shit. You know, that could happen. Who knows? It still could. It still could. You know, once the writers and actors yeah, I was gonna say not right now, but <laughs> yeah, not right now. That was not the best time. No, yeah, you know, yeah, you don't want people crossing picket lines like that. Uh, -uh. um, 
But no, it's 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 a good thing to see that there's people still passionate about the universe yes. of Secret World Legends or Secret World, let's just say, that there are people that are angry that nothing's being done with it, that in their minds that there's nothing being done with it. But there's also people like you guys, Star Anvil, and everyone out is interested and by looking at the Kickstarter, how successful it was in a very short amount of time, really. That there are so many people that are wanting more content to actually, you know, play the world in whatever way that they want to do it as well. Right. So in my mind, I'm like, you know, if it's another, if, if it's a, the tabletop, awesome. If it's, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, a board game, you know, that's cool too. If it's like another video game, if it's basically, you know, like we had Moons of Madness, we had, you know, the other, these other types of video games, like we could have, you know, it could just continue that way. It could just, you know, keep going. And if we could have like a secret world too, even like, you know, that would be awesome. Keep pushing it forward. Like that's Honestly, a, I, I would love to see a single player game. You know? Yeah, oh, we, we all joke you, with like, oh, let's have, let's have a battle royale type game. <laughs> I would play the shit out of a battle royale. I was gonna game. say, but there'd be yeah. lore in there somewhere. <laughs> I want to. There, you know, there would be. I wanted to have the option that that everyone plays a, 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 a you know a bee, except for one player gets to take control of various monsters to attack them with. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Fu saying that's right. Yeah. Battle Royale and Fusang. Dude, honestly, Uh-oh. they they really should have they should have oh. when they saw the Battle Royale thing popping, they should have done that. Yeah, they should have they should have basically taken Fusang and basically made it into its own game separately. I think that would have been very very cool. Um, Hello. It's a little man. Hey buddy. Uh, yes, we got a little little creature who woke up. Oh. The evil the this is Vincent, spot. whose middle name is Magus. Uh, yeah, hi. Yes, yeah. 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 Hi, Vincent. I've watched him grow up, at least on Facebook. Oh. Hey, buddy. So we got to ask Vincent, what, what is your favorite part of the uh, story? <laughs> the part where daddy gets paid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what is, what, hey, what is Vincent's favorite story? Hmm. What is your favorite story, buddy? He's uh, he is stunned by the question. That's fine. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a tough. It's a tough, tough question. I think when uh, I think when my son was his age, it was uh, speak and see animals. Exactly. <laughs> my thoughts precisely. Oh, very nice. Listen, listen, kid. You've taken over the show. Whatever you want to say. <laughs> yeah, the floor is all yours. Whatever, whatever you want to do. Yeah, he actually plug. knows the entire <laughs> plot that I'm going to do, and if he, he's telling it to you right now. Oh, oh, spoilers! Breaking news. Gubba, 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 gubba. Yeah, if you can decipher that, <laughs> monster Gaba is going to chase you, and you'll be going ah ah. I 100 percent agree. That was that was he, he had some uh, he had some <laughs> some energy some behind thoughts. that. Yeah, like yeah, it was it was very like, um, I don't know, I can't, I can't think. It was, no I don't know, just it just it was very urgent. It was very urgent. Mm-hmm. 
Like you need to know what I'm gonna say. Yeah, you need to know this. This is important. Like, like, yeah. My time mm-hmm. is now. <laughs> Hear my words. So I'm gonna have to wrap up here. If you guys got any last questions you want to ask for me before I go, um, well, I, I'm, or... I think I'm pretty much out of questions. Does anyone have uh, anyone in our chat, chat have any uh, anything that we have basically gone over or anything that we've not gone over? Any any giant questions you have for uh, for our guests? Demo, Nick, like demo for... of how it plays. Um, demo. So mm. there will be that. There's there's the players get to. Uh, there's going to be some people get to play in a game that that paid for that. But as far as us mm-hmm. running a demo, um, I don't know that we'll be running or putting that on the air anytime soon. That we would do that. No, I I don't have the tools or facility to you know really set up and do a good demo for it. It would be pretty choppy and look pretty poorly done. I mean, we don't just don't have don't have that capability. Yeah, we're not somebody else wants here. to. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not. Yeah, we're not critical role, but. Um... Well, why this shit not? Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Why aren't we? <laughs> Waffle, make that happen. <laughs> All right, on it. <laughs> I need a couple million dollars, and uh... Uh, let's see. We got uh, bomber says, "Will you be able to enjoy our wings?" That's a question you'll have to wait and find out. It won't be okay. in this book. I'll tell you that much. Okay. Uh, will you be putting together a promotional art pack for social media? Um, I mean, I'm not sure. We've shared quite a bit of the art. I don't know what you mean, like specifically for other people to share. I mean, I'm not sure what the, that question is. Yeah, they, like they have shared press uh, assets uh, or anything like that. Or I mean, we've shared the bulk of the art. There's going to be yeah. a little bit more we have to get done, but I don't. Um, uh, nothing specific. I mean. I don't think that we have anything specific to share to social media like, like right now. No. I mean, other than the art we've already shared and, and so on, but Oh, um, uh, that might be something we'll look into. Uh, I can't tell you for sure. Future publishing plans. Um, well, like I said, our goal is the plan is at least, and, and this might be, who knows if we'll get all these done, you know, and so on. But I mean, we have a plan for five more books. And that is Illuminati in North America. So we're, we're going to do the Savage Worlds version of Secret World next. That's going to be a separate Kickstarter. We're going to get that out there um, soon. It, we obviously have to deliver this first. We wouldn't do anything before we do that. But let's say that happens. After that, we're going to, once we've done the Savage Worlds version, because we had promised that we'd do one other rule set, which is non-class space for those that want something other than D&D, that would be fulfilling the promise that we made. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we're, we're going to do uh, Illuminati, North America. That's a separate book. That would be, you know, monsters, locations, cryptids, advance the storyline, probably put a good adventure in there, you know, a little bit of all that stuff in there. I mean, that's we're just in the planning stages of that. So whatever. Uh, and then the same thing for uh, uh, Templar Europe, uh, uh, Dragon and uh, Asia. Uh, Orochi, which will probably use the Orochi to do a couple things that's getting close to, you know, bringing that storyline to a head in there, but also to explore areas not specifically mentioned in what makes it like what's going on in Africa, maybe, or, um, you know, or what's going on in the Antarctic. If we want to, we could just, we could do a Orochi could go anywhere really um, mm-hmm. as far as where they're, what they're getting their fingers into. And then, you know, that last fabled fifth book, if we get there with a name that I haven't mentioned just to drive people crazy. <laughs> 
Um, and then, you know, after that, if I really had my, you know, wish and could just do whatever I wanted, I really want to kind of go back and do a, a The Secret World, The Third Age. Yeah. Be be interesting. Yeah. But that is really hopeful. Don't count on it. That would just be great. If that's a dream to have. And I know things we would like to do, but that doesn't mean we'll ever be able to get to them. You know, we, we may not be able to keep the license for enough years to do that. We... Uh, may not get enough response to do that. I mean, you, you can't know the future, but we know what we'd like to do. Right, right. What I'd like to do. Uh, Lynn Drive has says, "Wouldn't that just be Conan?" Or have I got my ages mixed up? Are you saying uh, Are you saying Conan and and Secret World are in the same same timeline, are in the same universe? <laughs> I mean, they are. Well. Ish. There's a portal to Age of Conan's Beach in Secret World. Ish. There is. Sometimes yes. things are sometimes things are mm -hmm. Easter eggs, but they don't necessarily mean they are. But they aren't. I mean, that's really. Well, I mean, that's uh, that's the beauty of Secret World and Agartha, right? Is every branch could go to anywhere, any yes. time. So there, that's why there's a portal to both Anarchy Online and Age of Conan. In, in a main mission in Legends, mm -hmm. and we have uh, Bingo Cola, so we have ties to um, what, what are some of the other games of Funcoms? Uh, oh, I, I forget the name off the top of my head. Like the like the point and click adventures, like you know they have they have ties to those games. Oh, uh, Dreamfall, 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 right? Yeah, longest journey. Actually, there's uh, a good question I saw here. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Um, it's with the uh, record actual plays of the game. Would there be any issues posting those recordings in the near future? I like after the post or the PDF. Like after we've got, I think actual play. If you're not sharing the text of the document, you're just playing it. I can't see a problem because the rules. You know, we use the D and D SRD. The PDF. You're just playing it. You're not distributing the book to anyone. Right. Um, you Which know, I've already broken, by the control. way. I don't, <laughs> don't, don't talk about it, or I'll have to string it up by your toes. <laughs> la, 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 la. Uh, but I, I sent it to Jimmy. It's it's my fault. I already broke well, it. I'm the first. Jimmy's one. a backer. That's okay. He just won't get a yeah, regular. That's right. He just won't get. He just won't get the actual layout version now. Um, <laughs> and neither will you, you for sending it, it. You're both cut. Oh um, no! Uh, Damn it! But yeah, uh, I get so the cut. I'm quitting the show. <laughs> I don't see a I don't see a problem with it. I think you the only thing you'd have to do with the actual play is point out, you know, we didn't authorize you to do it, and all you know, you're not tied to us, kind of thing. Basically, you do something mm -hmm. crazy that we don't want to be blamed for. <laughs> but uh, I gotta go, guys. So thank okay. you for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course, oh, yeah, always, thank you for always a pleasure. By. Thank you for being on. Uh, yes, uh, Brandon. Uh, is part of Star Anvil Studios. Go follow Star Anvil Studios on all the places. Um, I know they're. I know they're on Twitter. Uh, threads. You're on Threads too. Twitter. Threads. threads. Got our own web page. Your own web page. Go go check them out. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Daryl Hardy, and of course, thank you, thank you, Scrivenomancer Joshua Deesh as well. And uh, thank you. Oh, he, he, he ran off. Well, it's but the chair thank you. of Scrivener Mancer. <laughs> this is the chair of Scrivener Mancer. Uh, thank, thank you, no Vincent. Mancer. 
Vincent <laughs> Vincent Magus came on and and had some had some quality talk with him as well. Uh, thank you all so yeah. much. I'm fine with just uh, cutting the show here, so I think we're good. So agents, this has been the Zero Point Report Strain 82-RRR. You can catch us recording live every first and Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern time here on the Zero Point Report Twitch channel, where you can also join us and chat with us while we do the show live or download our show wherever podcasts are found so you can listen to us on the go. So, um, Brandon, where can we find you online? Ooh, we got... Where can you find me online? Uh, Discord, our Discord channel, if you want to talk to me anytime. Okay. Right, there's a Star Anvil Studios Discord. Go ahead and join it. And of course, you know, our Facebook page, you know, et cetera. Daryl, where can we find you? Uh, DarylHardy.com is my home base. That's uh, two R's and two L's with an E in between on that Daryl, DarylHardy.com. Very nice. Very nice. And uh, Scriv has, has stepped away, um, but I'm, I think I know some of his details. Uh, you can find him at, I believe it's www.joshuadeach.com, I believe. Oh, he's back. He's back. Mr. Mr. Scrivenomancer, Mr. Joshua, where can we find yeah. you? Where can we find you <laughs> online? Um, you can find me on the artist formerly known as Twitter uh, at uh, Joshua Deach, D-O-E-T-S-C-H. Um, I've also migrated to the Blue Sky Place. Um, uh I will be, I have a long neglected Patreon. Uh, yes. Uh, that, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. See, he what? wants the money. It's going to be resurrecting shortly as a sort of collaborative effort. Uh, I'll be posting about that soon. I mean, the old one still is up there and there are still, there's still a backlog of, of stories and audio fiction on there. If you like I'm pretty sure I am fiction. still a backer by the way <laughs> um oh bless you uh, i don't think yeah, i've ever stopped be, backing there's gonna be more up on there it's gonna be sort of a collaboration of uh visual art and words okay very nice very nice jimmy where can we find you online uh you can find me kind of everywhere but i would say linktree has all my places okay and uh, Waffle, Tucson Waffle, where can we find you? Oh, I'm a lot of little places now. Uh, you can pretty much find me, all my writings over at uh, basement.com or indiecreatorhub.com. And of Very course, nice. Twitch, YouTube here. And on Blue Sky as well. Very nice. I say, and I'm Ocho. You can find me uh, here on Twitch at Big Mikey Ocho. And I took up jimmy's idea and i created a link tree so i'm there on yeah blue sky i'm there on uh uh, still on still on the website formerly known as twitter uh mastodon i'm on over there now uh the the great social media schism is what i'm calling it that's that's why link tree is nice i have like nine links there you just go there find all of them but you can get in touch with uh, you can get in touch with us by engaging with the show on Twitter at Zero Point Report. Of course, reaching to us on any of the previous 
places that we've just mentioned, checking out previous shows on our YouTube channel, and joining us on our Discord server, both named The Zero Point Report. So from all of us here at The Zero Point Report, we want to thank you for tuning in. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. We can't wait until everyone gets their hands on this. This We warn you, it's massive. It's almost 500 pages <laughs> of text. You'll have you'll have quite quite the, quite the, the the mass to get through. Uh, we want to thank you for tuning in. We and uh, we wanted to wish you all the best from the secret world. Have a great night, everybody, and we will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye bye. Say goodbye. Bye bye. Bye bye. No. Bye bye. No. Bye bye. No. No. That's okay. No.